Welcome to the Stories She Sings, where we bring messages of biblical women to life through inspired songs. We hope this podcast will be a place of rest, refuge, and refreshing in the presence of God. just a little girl, do you know what my two favorite things were? I loved to be tucked in at night by my mommy. She would sit on my bed and stroke my hair and talk to me just like I was her very best friend. One Christmas, when I was four years old, I got a brand new dolly. That night, both of my parents came to tuck me in. I remember that it was such a special feeling to have both of my parents sit on my bed and tuck me in and help me feel safe and cozy. They talked to me for a little while and then they both told me that they loved me. They turned out the light and left the room. After they left the room, I climbed out of bed and I tucked my new Christmas dolly into the little wooden crib that my daddy built for me. My dolly had new jammies and a soft new blanket that my mommy made. I remember tucking the blanket in around my own baby, just like my mommy did for me. I remember patting her head and telling her some kind words to help her feel safe and cozy too. For years after that, I'd get a new dolly every Christmas, and every night until I was about 11 or 12 years old, I would tuck in my babies. Sometimes I would even sing them a little song. When I grew up, I learned to write songs, and so I wrote this one for my babies. To this very day, those are still two of my favorite things to do, to tuck in little children and to get to be the one being tucked in 
And you know what? I grew up to be a mommy, and I had four babies of my own. I also became a massage therapist. That means I get to tuck people in and help them to get cozy all day long. For one hour, I get to massage their hands and their feet and play pretty songs for them and give them sweet new things to smell, like the smell of flowers and fruit and trees and all kinds of plants. This helps the people to relax and remember what it might feel like in heaven. Heaven is a place where you feel safe, where you are loved, where you are treated like the angel that you deserve to be. Heaven is a place where people are kind to you all day long and all night long. They would never hurt you in any way. It's my sweet dream to bring a bit of heaven to you every night while you go to sleep to help you remember too just what heaven feels like. It's time to get very comfortable. First, let's put a pillow under your head and tuck a blanket in all around you. Use your favorite pillow and your favorite blanket. If you have something that you would like to hold, you may go and get it now. I will wait for a moment while you get it. Maybe it's your teddy bear. Maybe a favorite doll. Maybe it's your mommy's hand. Or maybe it's your daddy's hand. Choose something that helps you feel safe and snuggly. Something that makes you feel comfortable and warm. Or you can just imagine someone you care about with you. If you would like to bring one of your friends on your journey, you may, or you can just imagine that they are coming too. I would like you to do something that my mommy always did for me. She tucked me in every night when I was just a little girl. Maybe your mommy and daddy are too tired tonight, so they have invited me here to let me spend this precious time with you. I'm a mommy too. And I care about little children and how they feel. I care about you, too. You can't see me, but you can hear my voice. And hopefully you will be able to feel my love for you, too. And the love of all the angels who care for you during the day and the night. And the love of your big brother Jesus and your father and mother in heaven. Sometimes my own little children don't get to have me tuck them in either because sometimes they go to sleep at their daddy's house. So sometimes I'm not there to sit on their bed and stroke their hair and ask them how their day went or how they feel about things. But I can pretend that I am sitting beside my children, just like you can pretend that your favorite and most safe person you know is sitting beside you while you go on this journey. Choose someone you feel safe and happy around. Maybe it's a grandma or a grandpa. Maybe it's your daddy or your mommy. Maybe it's your very own special angel. For now, let's call this special friend your angel friend. An angel friend is someone that you can see in your mind and in your heart. It's someone who loves you and who is very, very kind to you. Maybe you would like to imagine Jesus sitting beside you on your bed. See him stroking your hair and whispering kind words into your mind and heart. Close your eyes and imagine. 
The Smile Maker did not come in a box. It was not a machine, nor could it talk. The Smile Maker came to a quiet little corner of the great big world wrapped in a warm, cozy blanket. The Smile Maker was a soft, pink baby girl with a fuzzy brown head. At first, she wore the most serious expression. When the Smile Maker was just four days old, something very extraordinary happened. As her mother cradled her small sleeping bundle, that baby began to giggle. The usual serious expression was gone from the precious sleeping face. Her eyes were closed, but squinted delightfully at the corners. Her cupid bow-shaped lips were parted and upturned into an amused smile. Giggles poured from that adorable grin while the smile maker shook from head to toe with glee. Still she remained fast asleep. The smile maker's mother was delightedly surprised. Perhaps she mused, an angel told her a joke. The mother recited the entire incident to the baby's father, sister, grandmother, and even her two-year-old brother. But none of them believed her, for when they gazed down upon the small fuzzy-headed bundle, she gazed back up at them with her usual serious expression. The mother began taking the small pink fuzzy-headed baby with her to shop and to run errands. Wherever the smile maker went, the busy world stopped. Everyone just had to have a glimpse inside that soft, cozy blanket. The grandpas and the grandmas, the daddies and the mommies, the sisters and the brothers, even the teenagers gathered around the smile maker. You should have seen their smiles. They would coo, they would gurgle, they would squint their eyes up at the corners, they would wiggle their noses, they would tickle her pink double chin. Everyone loved the smile maker. Gradually, the smile maker's serious expression would begin to change. Her tiny cupid bow lips would curve up at the corners. Her dimpled hands and tiny toes would begin to wiggle. Her sweet blue eyes would twinkle in obvious amusement. Every part of the smile maker began to move. And if the smile maker thought someone very amusing, a precious little gurgle would dribble down her chin followed by an ooh or an ah or a tiny little squeak. Sometimes during all of this, a teeny tiny bubble or two stayed on her cupid bow lips. The grandpas and the grandmas, the daddies and the mommies, the sisters and the brothers, and even the teenagers would always laugh as they smiled at the smile maker. All the while, the mother of the soft, pink, fuzzy-headed baby smiled too. In her heart she knew that her precious little smile maker had just told her adoring audience the very same joke that an angel once told her when she was just four days old and fast asleep. If we could see Jesus' love, His love for you and me, if His love was shining up above, what do you would see his smile is love his smile is light his smile is hope his smile is bright his smile is faith his smile is cheer his smile will dry your every
Love your enemy, even if he is a bully. Once, there was a bully who picked on little guys. If anyone was smaller, he glared into their eyes. He prattled and he pestered. He pouted, pinched, and poked. No one really liked him. He jested, joshed, and joked. That bully did not have a friend. I'm sad to say, not one. When people saw him coming, they feared they'd be undone. One little guy decided to pray with all his might. Bless that poor old bully. He always picks a fight. Then he got a great idea. That big boy needs a friend. He will be much nicer if someone will like him. So he smiled at him, invited him. Come on, big guy, play nice. The bully was so startled he had to say it twice. Hey, I bet that you could give the best piggyback rides. Why you are a whole lot bigger. You're at least twice my size. You should have seen that bully. Suddenly he smiled. From his face left every trace of wicked, rude, or wild. Soon riding on his shoulder was that happy little guy who decided that he'd like him. He was just the perfect size. So if you know a bully, why not make his day? There is a way to help him, but you must kneel and pray. Praying for your enemy, like Jesus said to do, means praying that you'll like him and that he will like you too. You do not need to be afraid. Love is the only way. So bless a poor old bully. Be his friend today. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48. Don't let pride inside. Pride is a cold, hard feeling. It makes you feel small inside. It makes others want to run away. It makes them want to hide. So if you think you are wonderful and you've got the most and best, perhaps you ought to listen and take the pride inside test. If you have got pride inside, love just can't be felt. It makes you feel a thing called hate. Pride is hard to melt. Pride makes you want to be better than. It makes you want to compete, to have the most, to be the best. Have you met pride's brother greed? Pride makes you want to have your own way. It is your will that ought to be had. It makes you care only about you. Pride's sister, selfish, is pretty sad. Pride is related to another sin whose name is disobey. This one won't ever listen, because he knows a better way. Disobey has an awfully stiff neck. He is hard-hearted, too. It sure is sad he's all puffed up, but once he started, he grew. Another relation is enmity. 
If anyone's smarter, he frowns. He feels hate towards everyone. He only loves putting them down. Pride's little sister is called Compare. She's always wondering who has the most talent, money, or friends. If it's not her, then she turns blue. Pride has a nephew named Worry. He worries what others will think. He's always trying to please the whole world, and when he can't, he starts to shrink. Pride's uncle's name is Mr. Boast. He tells everyone that he's got the most. He's got the best, the biggest of all. It makes him feel better to make others feel small. Pride is quite a large family. There's backbiter, fault finder, and covet. These three won't ever give anyone praise. They're afraid. You just might love it. There is a sister I'm sad to tell. Miss Jealous is quite miserable. She is angry quite a lot at everyone else for all they've got. Belittle is Pride's only son. His comments never are much fun. If someone else does something great, Belittle will make it look second rate. The gossip hasn't got many friends. She talks about others end on end. Sometimes it's a lie, sometimes the truth. She'll never be loyal to me or you. Mrs. Murmur moans so much, she whines and pouts about such and such. Complaining is her prideful way of showing she's got a better way. Another proud one is spend a lot. He spends more money than he's got. If you'll just ooh and odd all his stuff, he suddenly smiles and starts to puff. Self-glory is always on the stage, even if someone else deserves the praise. If he hasn't noticed, better watch out. Self-glory's smile will start to pout. Better watch out for Mr. Judge. I'm sad to say he holds a grudge. No one ever measures up with him. Remember, judging is a sin. Heavenly Father loves you and me. He can turn pride to humility. If you have pride inside, tell him today. He will start melting it right away. Be admonished in all your high-mindedness and pride, for it bringeth a snare upon your souls. Be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Do you think, in Jesus' family, the children quarreled, pinched, or bit? Do you think in that sweet family they'd holler or they'd hit? Do you think his mother Mary let her children whine or pout? Do you think she had to tell them to go outside to scream and shout? Do you think his father Joseph spanked or yelled in angry tones? Do you think the precious Christ child would have been sent to such a home? I think Jesus helped his brothers. He did not tattle tail or tease. I bet he gently helped them up when they fell and skinned their knees. I should think that he was gentle to his baby sister too. When he rocked her for his mother, how she gurgled and she cooed. When his father Joseph called from the carpenter shop, I bet his son came running with a skip, jump, and a hop. I bet he ran to his side to help him hold the wood. Yes, I am most positive. Jesus enjoyed being good. I wonder if he left his things scattered here and there. Did his mother Mary pray for patience in her prayers? Did she have to tell him to come back in and clean? I think he came the first time. He was not sassy, sour, or mean. Did it always feel like sunshine, or were there black rain clouds? Was Jesus' family peaceful, or were they noisy and loud?
I bet the sounds of laughter filled that cheerful place. I bet there was joy and glee upon each beaming face. They loved one another, never played mean or harmful jokes. I bet their home was love-filled. They were tender when they spoke. I close my eyes and wonder about his mother, Mary, too. I imagine her sweet patience. She was tender, gentle, true. I want to be more like her. I am trying to sweetly be as gentle to you, my children, as Mary was, you see. Let us love one another as that sweet family did. Let us try to be more like them, as Jesus gently bid, that we not let contention never ever enter in. He has kindly spoken, contention is a sin. But with our happy voices, let's talk in tender tones so that he can send his spirit to bless us in our home. If each of us would simply try to talk softly, serve and smile, we would know just how it feels to live with Jesus for a while. Our home can feel like heaven, secure and warm and true. Let's try to be more like them, for it takes both me and you. Let's forgive each other when we make mistakes. Let's all just keep on trying, because trying is what it takes. And you will not suffer your children that they should go hungry or naked. Neither will you suffer that they transgress the laws of God and fight and quarrel one with another and serve the devil who is the master of sin. He who is the evil spirit which hath been spoken of by our fathers, he being an enemy to all righteousness. But you will teach them to walk in the ways of truth and soberness. You will teach them to love one another and to serve one another. she had been born without an important quality. Her friends all called her Little Imp. She was an impatient child. She did not like to wait one bit for anything or she went wild. She would turn a bright beet red. Her heart would start to pound. Her face would flush. Her tears would gush. She'd make a horrid sound. Hurry up, she cried whene'er she had a minute more to wait. That poor child could not stand to ever hesitate. If someone made a boo-boo, that is a small mistake. That impatient girl suddenly twirled, her fingers start to shake. Every other virtue that little child held dear, but somehow this important one had never quite appeared. One day that imp realized that her impatience made her panic. She decided that she'd try just once to see if she could can it. How can I become calm, she cried. It takes patience to try it all. I do not have this quality, and she began to bawl. It was true, I'm sad to say. This child just could not wait. She had always opened Christmas gifts long before Christmas Day. And so she sat all in a heap with a furrow on her brow. I want to become patient, and I want to be it now. This little imp did not know that patience grows with time, 
but no one dared to tell her so she might commit a crime. One day that imp sat crying, dejected and forlorn. The great calm one above her felt her panic, heard her mourn. His voice spoke in a whisper, soft and tender, warm and mild. He whispered to that little girl, for he pitied the poor child. What seems to be the problem here? His tender words were spoken. Why do you cry, my little friend? Why is your poor heart broken? Because I am impatient and I do not want to be. I do not want to panic. Could you give some calm to me? I can help, replied the calm. But you must realize every child has been born with calm seeds deep inside. Yes, yours may be deeper than some others I have seen, but I will help you find your own deep, deep down, deep, calm seeds. You say you are impatient. You pronounce the word all wrong. Let me teach you how to sing the I am patient song. You have believed all these years that you were born to panic. I am here to help you see just how you can can it. You must sing this tune each day, the I am patient song, and soon your deep down calm seed will grow so big, so strong. Whenever you are hurried, whenever you are late, if someone near or dear to you makes a big or small mistake, instead of your face flushing, sing this little song, I am patient, I am patient, and soon you will feel calm. I am patient, I am patient, she sang it word for word. Thank you, thank you, great calm one. That's the cutest song I've heard. You ought to see that little girl. She is patient, she is calm, all because she learned to sing the How to Get Calm song. And inasmuch as ye are humble and faithful and call upon my name, behold, I will give you the victory. Have you ever felt so very sad deep down inside your heart? Have you ever wished one perfect friend would come and cheer that part? To melt away the sadness, to calm the little storm, to soften all the sorrow with sunbeams make you warm? Have you ever felt discouraged, wondered just what you should do? Have you wished one perfect friend would come and talk to you? Have you felt so lonely, felt you were on your own? Have you wished for just one perfect friend so you'd never feel alone? You need not ever feel so glum. You have one perfect friend. His love for you is bigger than all the rainbows end to end. He wishes he could show his smile that you might see his eyes. How they twinkle, shine, and sparkle like sunlit bits of sky. When he sees you crying, he wants to be your friend. He wishes you'd come often to kneel down and talk to him. His kind heart is so amazing. It's warmer than the sun. It's wider than the big blue sky, deeper than the whole ocean. His smile is like the slivered moon, his laughter like the breeze. 
His eyes are like two shining stars. They watch you tenderly. So when you get that feeling, one too sad to quite describe, if there's a lump inside your throat, don't run away and hide. Call upon your perfect friend. He is a perfect man. He never will get cross with you. He always understands. So when you need a perfect friend, whisper tenderly. Call upon his precious name, then wait and you will see. Your loneliness will start to lift, your frown will disappear. You will feel brand new inside, your heart will fill with cheer. So when you're feeling all alone, think of your perfect friend. His love for you is bigger than all the rainbows end to end. Charity is the pure love of Jesus. It's a soft, warm smile for a friend. It's a tender feeling to please us. Charity goes on without end. Have you ever been afraid at night? Were you scared? Did you shake with fright? When it was dark, did you stumble? Did you hurt your shin and start to grumble? Did it make you feel sort of humble when you fell in the dark in a great big tumble? When it's been pitch black, did your steps start to slack? Did you want to turn back? Did your shadow attack? When it was nighttime in the middle of it, did you stub your toe? Did you ever trip? Well, I'd like to tell you a little bit about a neat little switch that you can flip. It turns the dark into light. There's no need to stumble, no need to grumble, or slack and turn back in the black. Cause there'll be no cause to slip or to trip because there's a switch you can flip. Just take one small finger no need to linger. You can turn dark into light. It's a great invention. It deserves some attention because it's better when everything's bright. Now let me tell you about another place beneath everybody's face. It sometimes feels dark deep down inside that space. But there's a light switch called prayer for that place. With a prayer, darkness cannot abide. With a prayer, darkness cannot hide. Say a prayer when you want to cry, because prayer turns the light on inside. So, if it feels gloomy deep down anywhere, no need to pout or sit and stare. You can do it if you dare. Turn on the light, say a prayer. No need to stumble around in the black. No need to grumble or ever turn back. If you are afraid and your steps start to slack, turn on the light, say a prayer. There's no need to tumble, no need to be sad. There's no need to grumble, no need to be mad. You can be so very merry. Nothing needs to be too scary. Just turn on the light. Say a prayer. Suddenly, 
You'll feel much brighter. Everything will seem much lighter. Even your mistakes can be made whiter. Turn on the light. Say a prayer. The wonderful source of joy. Once upon a time, there lived a happy self. She was so happy because she had a wonderful source of joy. Each morning, the happy self would run alone to visit the wonderful source of joy. She would sit beneath him for a precious moment each morning and bask in his wonderfulness. If she had a problem, she would bring it carefully wrapped in her heart and show it to the wonderful source of joy. He always offered her a solution, and so the happy self remained happy still. If she felt lonely, the wonderful source of joy would encircle her in his arms and fill all the empty places inside of her. small girl as she gazed thoughtfully into her closet. It was not an ordinary closet filled with ordinary clothes. It was a wardrobe filled with hearts. Yes, hearts of every color and size imaginable. There was a large yellow heart that made the small girl feel bright and sunshiny. It was so big that when she put it on, it filled her right down to her fingers and toes. She often wore it on dark and rainy days. People who stared at her enormous sunshiny grin actually felt their own frowns melting at the sight of it. There was a precious pink heart that the small girl especially loved to wear. Whenever she wore this heart, she felt a great big warm feeling of love inside for everyone. She noticed that everyone seemed fonder of her as well each time she wore it. Not all of the hearts in the heart wardrobe made the small girl feel such wonderful feelings. There was a teeny tiny gray heart that made her feel especially miserable whenever she wore it. She never did figure out just why she ever chose to put it on, but there were days when she did. On the day she wore the teeny tiny gray heart, no one smiled at her, and no one seemed too fond of her either. 
The gray heart made her feel empty and cold inside. There was even a puny green heart. Can you imagine that? She disliked this heart very much, for whenever she wore this one, she envied everyone around her, and she felt most greedy. Today, the small girl stood gazing upon her heart wardrobe. She pushed the teeny tiny gray heart down into the farthest corner. It hung next to the puny green one and the itty bitty blue one that made her feel itty bitty pity all the while she wore it. When she wore the blue heart, she was always feeling lonely and sorry for herself. She really did not like that feeling very much. On the next heart hanger hung the eensy weensy black heart. She called it the worst of all hearts because it made her feel just that, worst of all. Whenever she put on the worst of all heart, she always did naughty things and got into lots of trouble. When she wore the black heart, she dared not even peek at the other hearts because she certainly did not want to wear any of them. There before her on a golden thread hung a heart of lovely lavender. It was this heart she wore whenever she needed more courage, like on the first day of school or on the day she sang a song on the school talent show. The pink, purple, polka-dotted heart dangled next to the lavender heart. It was this heart she wore whenever she felt like giggling a lot. Today, I feel like being bright and sunshiny, said the small girl. With that, she pulled a large yellow heart from the closet and slipped it on over her head. And, she added, I feel like loving the whole wide world. Out of the closet, she pulled the precious pink heart and slipped into it as well. Of course, she laughed. I feel like being giggly and just a wee bit silly. And on came the pink purple polka dotted heart. Ah, oh, a little courage never hurt anyone. And on came the lovely lavender heart as well. Oh, and I just have to wear my brand new sky blue heart. Then it will be a perfect day, she sang at the tip top of her voice. Well, I am sure you can imagine what a delightful, loving, sunshiny, cheerful, giggly, silly, courageous, perfect day the small girl had. I am also sure you can imagine how fond everyone she met became of her as well. Now, ask yourself this question. Which would you rather wear? A teeny tiny gray heart that makes you feel empty, dull, and bored all day? Or a precious pink one? Or a large yellow one? Or a brand new sky blue? Or maybe, just maybe, all of the above. Who's adorning? Let it not be the outward adorning, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. There was once a castle keeper. The castle was his mind. It was his job to keep it clean and pure all of the time. It was a most magnificent, scrupulous, shining sight. That castle keeper scrubbed all day and polished it pure white. To open up the drawbridge was a duty he had to do, to decide what thoughts should enter and what thoughts should exit too. Each time a thought would come and knock upon his castle door, he would stand behind it saying, What are you here for? Now if that thought was clean and pure, the keeper called, Come in! If it was not a clean, pure thought, he yelled, Be gone, you big black sin! 
The clean, pure thoughts were welcome in that castle any time. The castle keeper only let in the clean, pure kind. He would not let one filthy thought step in with its black feet. It took days to get the black stains out. Sometimes it took weeks. One day the castle keeper was sleeping on the job. A sneaky, blackened, filthy thought that looked more like a blob came calling in the afternoon, waited just outside the door, discovered the keeper sleeping. That sneaky thought could hear him snore. So in it snuck that sneaky thought, leaving drippy black footsteps. He tiptoed through that clean, pure mind. He got it awfully blackish wet. When the castle keeper woke up, much to his chagrin, he found the oozy black stuff, yelped, how did that sin get in? He was rather noisy, that castle keeper was. He hated sin. He abhorred it. Why, you ask? Because. He searched until he found the spot where that little sneak snuck in. That castle keeper was aghast. All this mess from one small sin? Right away, no time to pout, that keeper scrubbed and scoured. He would not let one smear remain. He polished on for hours. He washed and waxed and rinsed some more down each and every hall. Cause everywhere that sneak had snuck, he left marks on every wall. It was then the castle keeper put a lock on every door. On the drawbridge, on the windows, then on the two side doors. No sneak will sneak in here again, he exclaimed with one firm shout. I've put locks on every entrance. That ought to keep him out. Soon that place was shining. In fact, it was pure white. It sparkled and it shimmered. There was not a sin in sight. At last my mind is clean again. Oh, it had better be. The king will soon be coming home. This is his house, you see. You see, if there's one speck of sin, the king cannot step inside. He only enters places where not one naughty thought can hide. I will be more careful, the castle keeper said. I'll watch out for those sneaky thoughts that try sneaking in my head. The king has said that he must dwell in a clean and shining place. When a naughty thought comes sneaking in, I scrub behind my face. My mind is where his spirit dwells. I think I'll post a sign. Let no unclean thought enter here. Jesus' castle is my mind. bubble baths? Do you like looking sheen? Do you feel so much better when your face sweetly shines? Don't you feel just awful when you're covered up with grime? There's something about feeling clean that makes our inside smile. But what if you're feeling wishy-washy inside? Let's talk about that a while. Have you ever told an itty-bitty lie? Did it leave a stain in your brain? Did you wish that you could wash it out, make it shiny and new again? Have you ever thought an impish thought that wasn't really pretty? Did it get caught, that naughty thought? Wasn't it a pity? Did you ever take something that wasn't yours? Did you feel like your hands were spotted? Did you wish you could wash the spots all off? Did you wish it could be forgotten? Would you like to know what I have to say 
We cannot wish our hearts clean. Sin must be washed away. Jesus said to kneel right down. He said that we should pray. He wishes to wash our sins all off, cause wishy-washies get in the way. Don't let your heart ever turn black. Stop right away, turn around, turn back. Don't let your hands ever stay spotted. Kneel down, pray hard. It can be forgotten. Don't let a lie put a stain in your brain. Tell him you're sorry, don't do it again. Take your wishy-washies in prayer to him. His wish is to wash out each tiny sin. Some think they'll find joy any old place. But how happy can one be with a wishy-washy face? He will forgive the filthies. He will forgive the grimes. But if we were never wishy-washy, we'd be happy all the time. is the word. Please don't be absurd. Just whisper. If you are feeling haughty, then your words might come out naughty. Pretend that you forgot, see? And whisper. If you would like to boast, and you want to tell the most, well, let your feelings coast while you whisper. If your feelings have been hurt and mean words just seem to spurt, please think before you blurt. Just whisper. If you are feeling all aghast and you want to talk too fast, slow down, let the feeling pass. Then whisper. If 
you would like to tell a sad story in a yell, your cheeks may even swell. But whisper. If you want to prattle and your tongue just wants to tattle, let's not start a battle. Don't even whisper. Sometime you may feel spiteful, maybe even fightful. Stop with all your mightful and whisper. It feels so good to whisper. It makes your heart feel calm. And before you notice it, your bad mood will be gone. Remember what Jesus said to the noisy wind and sea: Peace, peace, peace. Be still. And he only had to whisper. And it came to pass, when they heard this voice, they beheld that it was not a voice of thunder, neither was it a voice of great tumultuous noise, but behold, it was a still small voice of a perfect mildness, as if it had been a whisper, and it did pierce even to the very soul. There was once a tender spirit, tender as a soul can be, who would soon be living heaven to get its very own body. Before you go, I must tell you, said an angel one bright morn, something you must not forget after you are born. When you leave this perfect place, you will forget so many things. You will forget heavenly Father's eyes. You'll forget the songs you always sing. You'll forget the perfect love here. You'll forget all of your friends, but one thing you must remember is: please forget to sin. Now you probably won't remember what I'm saying word for word, but your spirit will get an inkling that sometime, somewhere, you heard that sin is like a splinter. It will hurt your tender soul. It's impossible to see one, but if you get one, you will know. If you should come face to face with a naughty little sin, though it may tease and tempt you, do not let it in. Some sins appear quite friendly, but they'll make you fidget, frown, and fret. Sin will only frustrate you, so remember to forget. Sin pricks and pokes and pesters. Sin will only make you pout. The only thing to do with one is quickly get it out. You will find it quite amazing how such an itty bitty splinter can torture, torment, toss, and turn you once you let it enter. Would you like to know the reason? You see, sin is somewhat like a germ. Once it gets inside of you. Can only do you harm. Sin was never meant to come in, so you must learn to fight it. Sin hurts just like a splinter, so forget it. Don't invite it. Don't be curious, 'cause sin is cunning. Do not flirt. Do not be fickle. Only foolish souls will fall for it. Sin will get them in a pickle. You will be so happy. You will smile and sing to him. You will feel like you're in heaven if you never let sin in. The tender spirit nodded while listening carefully. I think I'd rather stay right here. Heaven's the perfect place for me. I want to be very, very good. I do not like this thing called sin. It might spoil my perfect record when forgetfulness sets in. I am happy as a spirit. No, I don't think I shall be born. I want to be very, very good. You see, I do not like to mourn. And what if I should remember? What if I should forget? What if I sin and sin again? I will not go. I quit. That is why he is going first. The worried angel cried, "You need only to remember him." The tender spirit softly sighed, "If a puny sin should prick or poke, you may pout, but don't ignore it. Ask him; he'll pluck that pest right out. Any bigger, you'll abhor it. 
He will take each one of your sins. There is no need to pout. Each time a puny pest gets in, tell him. He'll pluck it out. Now you must not let it fester. Just tell him right away. Because once a splinter sin gets in, it hurts more and more each day. Do not fear. Take courage. Though you won't remember word for word, you'll feel inklings deep inside of you that somewhere, sometime you heard. Then you'll start feeling happy. It won't feel so very sore. You'll know when the splinter's gone, you'll feel the pain no more. He will help you to remember how much it hurts to sin, so that you will feel quite careful not to let one in again. The tender spirit urged the angel, If I should forget and sin, make me toss and turn inside so I'll remember him. With courage now she happily gazed upon the distant earth, then stepped into the heavenly clouds. It was her day of birth. Years have passed since that bright morn, when the angel's advice was heard. Though the spirit can't remember the angel's advice word for word, somehow that tender soul just knows that somewhere, somewhere it heard, that spin is like a splinter. It makes you toss and turn. So we must try to remember to forget to sin. But if one pricks and pokes and pesters you, then first remember him. Do not be afraid to ask. He wants to pluck it out. That is the reason that he lives. That's what his love is all about. If you want to believe in Jesus, then you must plant a good seed. Open your heart so you can receive it. Your faith will grow indeed. Soon you'll begin to say to yourself, seed is growing in me for it's beginning to make my heart lighter this feels so delicious to me you'll say jesus christ he is the light this i know indeed all because i opened my heart i tasted the fruit of the seed Have you ever wanted riches? Have you ever yearned to be a pirate with a treasure sailing on an open sea? Have you ever hoped deep down inside for dollar bills and more? Have you ever wanted lots of coins to jingle and adore? Have you ever thought that money could buy you happiness? Would you like to peek inside the heavenly treasure chest? The secret to his treasure is you can't give it all away. You'll end up with more and more and more each brand new day. Lay down your earthly treasures is the story Jesus told. They'll get stolen, they'll get broken, moths will eat them, they'll get old. But I, the heavenly treasure, you can have all you want. The more you give and share it, the more you'll have, he taught. If you set your heart upon a thing and you wonder which it is, Heavenly or earthly, here's a hint that Jesus gives. If it can be broken, if rust can corrupt, if thieves can break in and steal it, if moths can eat it up, then it's an earthly treasure. It will fade away. His treasures will bring lasting joy each and every day. The first treasure is the love of God, eternal, yes, it's true. You can give it all away and have lots left for you. It never can be broken. Rust cannot corrupt, thieves can't break in and steal it, and moths can't eat it up. It is a heavenly treasure, 
Spend it on all your friends. Share his love with everyone, because love will never end. The second treasure in the chest is faith in Jesus Christ. It will keep your heart so warm inside, it will be your guiding light. It will strengthen you in sad times. It will help you every day. If you share your faith in Him, it will never fade. It never can be broken. Rust cannot corrupt. Thieves can't break in and steal it, and moths won't eat it up. Faith is a heavenly treasure. Would you like to find some more? Let's peek inside his treasure chest. I know you will adore. Here is prayer and baptism. Which do you like the most? Here's repentance and forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Ghost. These are the treasures of heaven that Jesus has for you and me. The delightful thing about them is we can have them all for free. They never can be broken. Rust cannot corrupt. Thieves can't break in and steal them. And moths won't eat them up. Every night, when my mommy tucked me in, she would help me to go to sleep by playing this little game. It's a game she made up, and it's called One Sleepy Eyes. Will you play the game with me? The only thing you need to do is lay very quiet and very still and relax your hands and fingers, your feet and your toes by wiggling your feet and toes and fingers and hands. Now close your eyes and see the pretty pictures in your mind and in your heart. Here we go. One, sleepy eyes. Two, soft pillows. Three, puffy clouds way up in the sky. Four, walking down a long garden path. Five, flowers blooming along the way. Six, pretty pebbles. Seven, blue skies in heaven. Eight, smiling angels singing lullabies to you. Nine, songs leading you down the path. Ten, you're not alone. Eleven, we're going to visit your very first home. Twelve, a gentle father greets you. Thirteen, a loving mother kisses your cheek. Fourteen, a wonderful big brother named Jesus takes your hand. Fifteen, See their eyes full of sunshine. Sixteen, see their smiling faces full of love. Seventeen, angel friends all around you now. Eighteen, curl up in their arms. Nineteen, they keep you safe from harm. Twenty, as you close your eyes, invite sweet dreams to fill your mind with light and love and all things pure and sweet and good. It's time to sleep safe and tight, little child. Good night.